This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! edition of the high hopes podcast a mailbag edition jack fritz we're, we're getting the people involved yeah who doesn't love a good mailbag edition of the high hopes podcast it hasn't been uh, a mailbag edition of the high hopes podcast i don't know like i think we've done one or two in our entire existence and there have been some people saying like hey can we get some questions in and me and james are like fine sure if you want to if we want someone else to be stars of the show we'll let <laughs> well no one could ever be the star of the show if you're on it right jack right uh, uh we'll never allow that but um <laughs> uh we are letting obviously there's like so many questions um i posted both on reddit and on twitter and there's a lot and we're not going to get through them all because James wants to go to bed. Let it, let the record show that I was down to answer every single one of them. So, um, James is the bad guy. <laughs> you are such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have to go to bed at some point. You do. Oh, uh, you have a daughter or something? Look, we'll get to a lot of questions, <laughs> all right? We'll get to a lot. There's some repeats in there anyway. Shut up, Fritz. All right. Before we get to the mailbag real quick, uh, a lot has happened in baseball since we last talked. What are your thoughts? Really? On... Has there been? Yeah, man. It's like, it, it, it. of course, it takes, like, the most horrible scandal in the sport in a long time to get anyone talking about baseball in January. So that's great. It's great. Jack, what do you think? Yeah. What, yeah, is, your, I mean... what is your take on, on all that has transpired? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's disappointing. I, I'm not, it's like, I understand there's, there's cheating going on in baseball. You know, I thought it was kind of more of the, oh, all the pitchers use pine tar or all the pitchers use, um, sunscreen and they kind of hide it really well. Or, um, you know, I, I've always been, I think stealing signs is one of the, one of the most fun underrated parts of playing baseball. Like it makes you feel like you're in the CIA for a little bit, like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember me and my uh, me and my pitching coach in high school. We would sit next to each other on the on the bench on the days that I wasn't pitching, and we would just spend the game just looking into the opposing team's dugout and just trying to decipher what they were doing, try to think of what, where they're going. I would be writing it down. I'd be charting what they were doing. We would start faking it, saying like, "All right, we got it," and they would start moving and squirming in the other dugout. So. Um, it's a really underrated, awesome part of baseball that I just fear uh, that is now going to be just taken to the full extreme. Like now there's talk of, okay, well, we're going to have to not have signs anymore and it's just going to be buzzer or uh, I guess not buzzers. Oh, that's not the, the word here, but <laughs> uh, like things in guys' Electronic ears. Electronic communication. Right. Like things in guys' ears so where they will be able to hear, you know, what the sign is, is gonna be but it's it's just it's just really disappointing um i knew there was obviously stuff going on but that's kind of always been in that way in baseball 
And it's just, I love that Astros team. And I like so many guys on that team. I like Bregman. I like Altuve. Like, those guys are, are, are baseball players that I love watching on a daily basis. And for them to be at the heart of it is is a real a real shame. And obviously the, the Astros as an organization I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, jealous of how they, you know, pick players and whatnot and their developmental staff. But, like, you know, what was going on down there wasn't exactly the best thing in the world. But, like, the, the guys in the field were just awesome and that team was awesome the 2017 team was awesome and you know it's, it's just a shame that now it's being tied to Alex Correa and I just I don't want this turning into a whole league-wide like game of gotcha it's almost like they I hope they all get together and say all right we made the Astros the example everyone else cut it out because we don't want this turning into a you know a huge black eye on the sport so uh, they they need to they need to have some more damage control. They can't really let more stuff come out because it's only making it look worse and worse by the day. Yeah, well, I think that ship has sailed. I think there will be more from the 2018 Red Sox, if I had to guess. Maybe not as damning as what we've heard already. But uh, look, it I, I Alex Bregman, like a perfect example of, of I'm just profoundly disappointed. I've said many times he was my favorite non-Phillies player, the whole representing the tribe part of it all. And it, look, like you said, um, trying to steal signs has been a part of baseball for a very long time. Uh, even the uh, that story came out a few years ago that potentially the most famous home run in the history of baseball, the Bobby Thompson home run, uh, the shot around the world, was a, a sign-stolen home run. But there's one thing between... You know, using binoculars and ways to signal with, like, trying to, like, you know, whatever you could do, like, shining light in someone's eyes or whatever they used to do back in the day or whatever, to having buzzers on people's bodies that instantly they can see a sign and say, curveball's coming, fastball's coming, whatever. I mean, that is, um, I mean, it just, it really, uh, you said it's disappointing. It really is. It's profoundly disappointing because it, it, and you saw many pitchers come out on social media, you know, Alex Wood, Trevor Bauer, all these people saying, like, I would I would much rather go up against somebody who's on steroids than go up against someone who knows what's pit, what pitch is coming. And well, I that's told, true, too. Of course it's true. That's the point. Like, the whole point of the sport is what pitch is coming. Like, that's the game. Like, you're playing a game. This is a very – the highest level of the game that is played. But you played the game, Jack. The whole game is – I'm going to throw a pitch and you're going to try and guess what's coming or you're going to try and adjust or you're going to try and whatever. And having that knowledge just just changes the integrity of the game itself. And um, I, it's it's really disappointing. I don't think it's going to be a only type of thing. I, I do agree with you, though. I do think that um, potentially people will rein it in as a result of all this. I mean, the fact that two... The two of the last three World Series winning managers lost their job within two days of each other, and then <laughs> Carlos Beltran loses his job a couple days later, which is just you know, and all the the shrapnel coming through this thing. I'm I'm definitely not gonna feel sorry for the New York Mets hiring Carlos Beltran and then having to hire a new manager in January, well, February. That well. is. That is just great stuff right there, Jack. But well, only, ultimately, only, 
Uh, only oh, the Mets. Only the Mets would fire a guy that's never lost a game. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, but Thank yeah, you. ultimately, yeah, we're well done. Um, I, I think ultimately, it's it's just really disappointing, and I do think that it is a, a black eye on the sport right now, and I think it's way worse than steroids or anything like that. So, um, it's disappointing, Jack. I'm disappointed. I don't like that my sport, our sport, is on the public stage for such a, a nefarious thing. And, and even the trash cans like seems like pedestrian now compared to this buzzer thing. Um, you know, it's just like, man, it really is uh, at some high level cheating, Jack. Oh, in it's highest form. And like in the shame of it is, it's like it's so easy to do. And that's why like it's so, it's frustrating because Dude, anyone could just relay signs. Like the the catchers put down what the pitcher's throwing. Like it, the, it's supposed to be a, yeah, an honor code. Like the teams could have been doing this for years, and the Astros or whatever. I'm sure there was probably more. Just to take it to that next level, it just it's it's just like there's just no honor code. Like there's no there's no honor there. Well, I mean, did you see Mike Clevenger? Did you see that video? Yeah, he was very mad. Oh, man. And I think you're going to see more of that. I think you're going to see a lot of pitchers come out and be like these MFers, like, you know, F those guys and that type of stuff. Well, especially because the Astros were so arrogant about it. Totally. And they were so cocky. Totally, Jack. Totally. And it's like, like, well, cool, but, I mean, how good are you guys really when you know how, you know, you know what pitch is coming? Like, imagine always being able to hit with a 2-1 count. Like, that's pretty much what they're always facing. <laughs> they always knew what, what pitch was coming. It's just, it's it's insane. And the fact, they should have, honestly, they probably should have been better. I know. <laughs> like, that was my thought. I saw the home road splits, and, like, they're super damning, obviously. It's like Altuve was, like, 160-something on the road and, like, 460 at home. And I'm like, only 460 when he knows what pitches is coming? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like. Well, I guess that shows you that hitting a baseball is still pretty hard to do. Uh, it's a great point, Jack. It's a great, but it's, it is. It is when you look at those home road splits. I mean, it's pretty damning. Yeah. Well, I think the most damning thing here, and the most obvious thing of this all, is that there's absolutely no way that the Phillies were cheating. Because I, <laughs> I watch, I watch this team for the last, you know, what's 162 times two, 300 and whatever games, 400 games, 24. Yeah, they were not. They were not using buzzers and definitely. Oh, using trash buddy! Work. Yeah, yeah, honestly, so, they were. Uh, they were maybe helping the teams they were facing cheat, if anything. So, like, I mean, it just feels good rooting for one of the teams uh, that are standing for the integrity of the sport. Um, and they're and look skipping. and look. Our our manager got it right in the in the tuckus with this. Our manager was, you know, one of the people who who got screwed by this. So. You know, yeah, I guess you could say that. When he was with the Yankees, uh, of course. You know, I mean, unless of course. Oh, you're talking say- about Gabe. I didn't no, know where you're going. No, no, our manager now, our guy, Joey G. Um, but of course, I, you have to say, like you said earlier, with the caveat that the Yankees weren't doing it or the Do- uh, Dodgers weren't doing it or all that, and it doesn't. You know, from the way a lot of these people have responded, certainly the Dodgers, like it would be something else from a holier than thou perspective. If they were coming out like Bellinger and Alex Wood and all these guys saying the things they're saying, if they too were cheating, at least to the level that Houston was cheating. But, um, I, I, I just hope, I hope nothing comes out about that, that 2017 Yankees team. 
Because like I don't I don't want to lose. Me too. Me too. Me too. I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about that until you brought that up, and now I'm terrified. So <laughs> no, no, it's all right. Could, They're gonna shovel it under the rug. Joe G's a good a good guy. He would never do that. He would never. Joe G wouldn't AJ hinch it and just like say like oh I'll break a machine and you know I really don't think you guys should do it, but I'm not gonna stop you. Joe G would stop them. Joe G would not let that go down. I believe that. Sure. I. That's I would the, like to think so as well. Jack, so as that's well. the official position of the Hubs podcast. Okay. And, and my, Joe and G, my, a man of integrity, Jack. My official position from the Hubs podcast is that AJ Hinch was actually fired for not pitching Garrett Cole in game seven. Ooh, I really like that position. That is strong work right there. That <laughs> is good work. Oh, and well my, done. And my other position. Yeah, I mean, he is, deserved to be. I, I think I tweeted he should be fired for it. I mean, that was, that was embarrassing. <laughs> One of the worst moves in the history of, of, of managing that I've ever seen. My other position is that um, I cannot confirm or deny that other teams were cheating and Pavetta only sp- starts last year. Um, <laughs> I, I, All right. Jack, you know what that that makes me think? That makes me think it's time to go to the mailbag. What do you think? It was. I can't. I can't say it was a league-wide conspiracy to. <laughs> All um, right, buddy. To stop the breakout. Because um, everyone in the league was fearful of his spin rates. But. All right, Jack. All right, so let's dive in here. We got a lot of uh, a lot of very Jack Fritz type questions here. Well, that's because um, I posted it. Yeah, it makes sense. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, prospect uh, deep type deep cuts type stuff, and we'll get to uh, as many as we can. As Jack said, we're gonna get to a lot. So let's dive in, uh, Jack. Let's start with uh, at Philly's dad seventeen. That could be me. I am a Phillies fan and a dad, Jack. How about that? Mm. Um, assuming Bryant loses his case and is under control for two more years, what are the odds he is traded at all? Odds he is traded here, and what is a fair deal? He says for him, Bones. No, that's seem- me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Oh. My notes. I put my own notes below it. Everything in everything in the uh, whatever those are are my some notes. real inside baseball here, Jack. Yes. We let people know that you actually took notes and made notes. Yeah. Well, I wanted wow. to you know, try to act <laughs> no, like I knew what I was feel, talking about. I feel terrible about this. This is a disaster. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, the Bryant thing, it seems like it's going to go down this week. It seems like this is the week that they're going to figure out whether or not he's going to be a free agent after this year or after next year. And, and it'll be after next year. I think most people think that, at least. Yeah, it seems like he's going to lose the grievance, which... It, it does kind of stink that it's taking, you know, so long for it to come through. Like, I don't understand what it's taking so long. It's kind of it's kind of put the Phillies in a bit of a stalemate. Like, they have to they, – they are clearly, I feel like, waiting for the, the Chris Bryant grievance to come down to kind of finish or top off their offseason. And they're letting other things happen while waiting for it, which is, you know, unfortunate. But it's fine. Um, and now with, with Donaldson leaving the division, which is like – in the, in the moment, I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. But then there was the, the cold shiver down my spine of like, oh, my God. Well, guess what? Now there's two more, at least one more suitor for um, Arenado or Bryant. So I'm definitely worried about those teams jumping in now. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I just think that Bryce is probably pushing for this pretty hard. I would think that he'd want his best friend to come play with him in Philadelphia. So I, I, feel, I feel pretty good about Chris Bryant getting moved. I think the Cubs... 
they've been hinting at this for a while, um, and I don't. I think they want to try to get. I think they want to try to rebuild or retool at the same time as as staying competitive. And I don't believe the the rumor from I think it was Morosi where he was talking about, or I don't know who it was talking about how maybe they'll trade for Arenado and put Chris Bryant in center field. Like I, a team that's trying so hard to shed salary and yeah, get that's not packs, happening for sure. There's, there's, there's just no way that's happening. a zero so, percent chance of that happening. <laughs> so I, I think the Phillies are going to be in there till the end. And, uh, until he is traded elsewhere, I, I, I will firmly believe the Phillies are deep in the, in the, in the Chris Bryant sweepstakes. Yeah, I agree that they are in on Chris Bryant, certainly more than I think they're in on Arenado. I don't think that Arenado is likely to come here. I ultimately don't think Chris Bryant is going to get traded before the season starts. I don't think Arenado is going to get traded before the season starts. But I do think it's possible, and I do think that as far as Bryant goes, I agree with you. I think Bryant more likely to land here than than maybe just about anywhere else because of the connections and the fit and the fact that even though, uh, you know, because he's going to be a free agent in a couple of years and, and uh, um, you know, even though Aaron is a better player, you can probably get, uh, especially because Aaron is a better player, obviously, you can get uh, Bryant for a little bit cheaper, I think, probably than Aaron Even though Aaron does have the opt-out in a couple of years as well, um, I still think Bryant goes for cheaper than what Aaron will go for. Uh, what do you think is a fair deal, Jack? Why don't you uh, – I alluded to it before – uh, obviously, Bohm and Siebold are a part of your fair deal. Yeah, um, so I think I, I think I agree with you. The Arenado costs a lot more. Um, not, I don't know if a lot more. I I, tr- I just think that there would be a, a way higher chance of having to put both Bohm and Howard in the Arenado deal, even though I don't think they would have to ultimately. Um, but I think I don't think they would have to trade Bohm and Howard for for Chris Bryant. I don't think they should. I don't either. Yeah, I don't either. I just so, don't think I don't know if a Bohm Siebel baggage with some filler is quite enough. I hope it is, but I don't know if it is. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, Pavetta's not a filler. If you could, ah, uh, buddy. If you could take back that statement, no. So my 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 package for for Bryant was Bohm Siebel, Pavetta, or Velasquez, and Luis Garcia. Um, that keeps Stott out of the deal. I would. I would put Stott in the deal if I have to, um, but I just think that Luis Garcia is being a little bit underrated by a lot of the the prospect community. I mean, he was like super young playing the league he was playing in last year, so um, and it's hard to hit where he was hitting. So he had a terrible season, but I think people were kind of writing him off a bit a bit too quickly. Um, but I, I I just I think that Bohm, I think Bohm Stott, um, Seabold, hopefully not. I don't obviously not Howard. I think Seabold would be the best of their pitching prospects coming up and then Pavetta of Velasquez is kind of oh we're the team that's gonna be able to figure them out um is is intriguing enough for the Cubs if they know Chris Bryant's gonna walk all right let the record show that the reason we did not get to as many questions was not me it was that you took so long to answer some of mm, these questions. I, I only, would only say only one well, in here only one I, in here Jack I figured that was gonna happen I don't know what we do all right let's roll uh, right. Andrew, okay, can you, you're the, the name pronunciation guy. You think you can nail this one? Andrew Shipatovsky. I would have said Shipatovsky too. So, uh, we'll see. And let us know. Yeah, Andrew, I, if we're, I always if we're see, I always see him interact. I always see him interact with me and then yeah, I never know no, how to say his yeah, last name. Me too. But, um, seems like a good guy. I, I inter- see him interact as well. So, all right. His question, Jack, uh, what are some of the next group of prospects to get excited for? 
So for me, uh, obviously we didn't have the main guys. I mean, at, at the top, but I think the next, I think this is the year these guys kind of break out. Uh, Kendall Simmons, he we talked about him a lot last season up in Williamsport. Um, oh, like just started ripping the cover off the ball. Him and him and Bryson Stott were amazing. Um, Stott is on my list of next prospects. Eric Miller was a draft pick from um, this past draft. Went to Stanford. Nine, he's like a, up to like 96, 97 from the left side. I think he could be up really quickly. Johan Rojas is um, he's an international signing, but he's someone who in the scouting community are all starting to rave about. Um, Kyle Goglaski is like this young Australian pitcher that they have that uh, had like a one six eight ERA last year down in. Think he was in. I think he was in Lakewood, um, but people really like him. And then Simon Buziati, they stole from the Red Sox because uh, they lost some of their international scouting stuff a couple years ago. And they, Simon Buziati was one of the guys. But if he can add some lift to his game, um, it would be very nice. All right. Um, we'll get back to some more uh, prospect questions. I really like this question uh, from Dave Stoneback, who I actually know. That's my buddy Dave. Shout out to Dave. Um, uh, his, uh, his question, and I think this is an interesting one because, um, we kind of talked about it before with the bullpen and the lack of signings there and guys they might need there and all that, but also the, you know, dearth of starting pitching they have as well. He asks, um, will the Phillies try and stretch out both Vinny and Pavetta or commit to one of them in the bullpen so they can get acclimated to that role from the get go? I think that's a fascinating question and, I do think that there could be some value to whether it's Vinny personally. I, you know, I never see need to see Vinny pitch ever again as a starter. Um, but you know, I would say to Vinny immediately and be like, Hey man, you're going to be in the bullpen. Cause I, I think you could be good there. Let, let's like just roll there. But do you think that's, how do you think they're going to handle it? Because they don't really know, assuming they don't add another starting pitcher and assuming they're going to keep Howard down to start the season, which we both think they'll do. How do you see this playing out? Well, it's interesting because I, I I would like in an ideal world to tell one of those guys that, hey, this is going to be your role. Get used to it. Uh, figure out what you're doing down there uh, and just be the best pitcher you can be. But I also I think the correct way to go about this is get them both to spring training, let them both battle it out for that fifth spot and let the best man win, and then the other guy can go to the bullpen. Like I, I think there's more upside, I know, because it's – Pavetta and Velasquez that people are just like oh well they both stink so who cares but one of those guys have to has to win the fifth job and I don't think in Gross. you know I don't think in January or February like to just say nope you're a bullpen guy would be the best way to go like I would if I was one of those guys I would I would want the 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 chance to at least compete for that fifth starter job and maybe it gets the both uh, gets the best out of each of those guys so I would rather them try to battle out for the fifth spot, then um, just go, hey, you're a bullpen guy. But I understand why. It's a, it's a good thought. I just don't think it's the right time to do it yet. Yeah, I think that's what you suggest is what the Phillies probably will do. Um, and look, I think ultimately if, if all plays out the right way, that person is just holding their spot uh, for Spencer Howard when he's ready to come up at whenever Super 2 thing ends or whatever. Um, but, you know... I could also see if, if maybe, you know, the, the thing is, is I, I Pavetta has had less chances than Vinny to prove to me that he's not a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. Um, you know, so for me, I, I, I've already decided I don't need to give Vinny a shot for that job, but um, I get it. And regardless, 
I do think one of those two guys helping out of the bullpen could be really important for this team playing <laughs> shaping out. The way their bullpen is uh, not looking super. very stacked right now, Jack. It's not looking stacked. All right, um, let's keep rolling. I think there's a, a relevant one because we kind of just alluded to. I think it's a, a quick answer for both of us, but at M underscore Donaher asks, do you see Bomber, Howard, or even both players breaking camp with the Phillies? No and no, I think is our answers, right, Jack? Well, I, mean, I think I, I maybe think, Bomb think... has a chance, I guess, but I don't think Howard has a chance to break camp. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think there's a decent – I don't know if there's a decent chance Bomb could because I think he could – very realistically be going to Cubs camp or, you know, whatever. But I I mean, Bohm's been in Clearwater for the last like month and I like his plan is to is to make the big league squad out of spring training and ultimately, you know, the super two thing be damned. Like this team is supposed to win this year and if he comes down to spring training and rakes that whole spring training looks semi competent third base like you need the best guys, you need the best twenty six heading up to to CBP on opening day. Well, actually, they're going to Miami, but you get the point. Like you need your best guys out there for a team that needs to compete from day one. And if Alec Bohm looks like he's ready to go and looks the part, like I don't look at what happened to Pete Alonso last year. Like <laughs> he showed up and hit fifty one home runs as a rookie. Like don't do the stupid cheap. You know, keep him down till May second or whatever. If he's your clear-cut best third baseman, I think there's a, a chance he could come out um, from spring training. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And to your point, I mean, this team's supposed to compete. They need all the help they can get. We saw what Pete Alonso did last year, um, te- what teams have done last year. It seemed a few teams did that with, with young stars, and it helped. So, um, yeah, And the role could be changing. I mean, the role could be changing. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, uh, it could. I mean, I would say the same for Spencer Howard. You can't tell me that Vinny Velasquez or Nick Pavetta is a better option than Spencer Howard. I know you need to manage his innings and all that type of stuff, but right now, today, Spencer Howard is better than those guys and a better chance to help you in games. But, um, you know, that's either here nor there. I I don't think he's going to start this season up. All right, let's uh, let's, uh, do a couple quick ones here, and we'll we'll get back to some of the longer form answers um as a, a couple of fun ones real quick there's an easy answer for at michael g silver worst moment in philly's history joe carter or ryan howard crumpled on the baseline i know that jack wasn't alive for it but it's joe carter by a, a mile i mean they lost the world series on a home run that's only happened twice ever it, it just is worse but and ryan howard that was kind of the end anyway you know you knew that you were never going to see the same ryan howard again at that point pretty much anyway at least that's what it felt like to me. Jack, would you agree with that even though you weren't around for it? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I, would, I think one of my one of the things I wish I could have done was just watch that 93 team from start to finish uh, mm-hmm. just because that team was just seemed like a fun team to root for, and I was super jealous of everyone who was able to do that. Um, but, like, the Howard thing, the, the 93 was a magical run, magical season done. The Ryan Howard crumpled to the ground was the end of an era, like an end of the, right. The, the, but 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 you already knew that Ryan Howard was cooked at that point when he crumpled to the ground. Like it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like it was shocking that it was that it was all coming to an end at that point. Yeah, but I mean, to try explaining that to to junior year high school Jack. <laughs> like, it was a very it was a very delicate time for me. I know I know the Joe Carter home run was your freshman year of college, so oh, you've oh, already oh, oh, man. You've already started to, you know, 
you go through some stuff, but the Howard thing, you know, that was a that was a, a big moment for me. Uh, no, and look, we're that, was, that was the last time. That was the last time I cried at a sporting event. Neither was good. I was at that game when Howard went down. I was in the the bleachers in in the outfield and saw Howard come to the ground and be like, "Why isn't he running? What's going on?" Not cool. So I'm with you, but Joe Carter was, you know, Joe. Carter. All right, I'll take I'll take your world, I'll take your word world, for it. World Series. All right, at Kath Hall asks. Who do you not want to see on the roster opening day? Uh, I mean, this is easy for me. It's Cole Irvin. I don't. Oh, I don't Jack, want... Jack, it's a good answer. It's not the correct answer. The correct answer is Andrew freaking Knapp. One no. more year. One no. more year. No. No. I call it a great game. Yeah, no Cole Irvin though. I'm I can get behind that as well though. Listen, Maybe if either of them, Clentech might the Clentech, team, Clentech might force him to be on the team because he uh, he uh, drafted him and he's like, hey guys, you got to make sure my draft picks are out there. Cole Irvin, well, I don't know, man. That's my guy. Clentech's twenty Clentech's twenty seventeen class is starting it's a, to actually it's a, it's a bear some fruit right there. That's a Howie move right there. All right, uh, good question from Dan Bernstein. What is more likely before spring training, signing another starter or adding a bullpen piece? I would say bullpen piece just because they have added no one there, and if you look at the list of remaining free agents, there's actually some guys who could help them in the bullpen, some lower-tier names that won't cost much money. They clearly don't want to go over the tax for anything other than hopefully a Chris Bryant or something like that, but... Certainly not for some reliever or starter. So if I had to bet, I'd bet on some uh, some middle relief help. Jack? Yeah, I, I think that they, from everything that I've read or whatnot, it seems like they are they, they're approaching free agency right now in the chance of like getting a guy on a minor league deal and giving him a chance to come in here and take down some major innings, um, both out of the bullpen and as a starter. So I, I would say bullpen. But I, I kind of like the idea of, of signing a swing guy like Colin McHugh and see if he can be a starter and, you know, see how he does as a starter, but also has the experience of being a, a pretty lockdown um, reliever. I mean, he had like a one nine nine ERA two years ago. Last year at the penny, he had like a two three one ERA um, out of the bullpen. So he can still get it done. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them take a swing on a guy that can do both. But yeah, if my money was on a guy, they're gonna sign, or they could sign like a, a bullpen guy to like, you know, maybe a two million dollar contract. I would listen. I would like for it to be Taiwan Walker, but I think it's gonna be a, a bullpen guy. Yeah, I'm with you. I do like the McHugh idea though. He uh, he can start guys out. Um, all right, uh, at Zachary Gibson uh, Gibbon eleven asks twenty twenty to twenty thirty. How many championships for the Phillies? Also. If they broke up the Astros and gave each team a player, who would you want? Jack, first question, how many championships over the next decade for the Phillies? Uh, man, if Bryce Harper doesn't hoist the trophy in Philadelphia, I'd be very sad because that's going to be his whole that's going to be his whole career basically. All yeah. through the 20 20- I'll say I'll say one, hopefully. Yeah, I was going to say one just cuz I felt bad saying none. <laughs> well, ask us in 2030. I'm not going to say I totally believe it'll be one. Yeah. I'm going to say one. I'm going to say one. All right. If they broke up the Astros and you could have any player on that team, granted, now we don't really know what they're like without buzzers. Um, who would you take? 
I'm still taking Bregman. <laughs> Me too. Me yeah. too. I mean, I, I I'm still taking Bregman. Although I I from a, I, I do wonder how he's going to be this year. I mean, la- his numbers were insane last year. I never thought he was a 40 home run guy. And obviously the juice balls helped a lot, but um, we'll see. As a from a fantasy perspective, I'm I'm interested to see. I feel like people are going to overdraft Bregman and. He might have uh, he might come back down to earth a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm nervous. As someone who could keep him in a keeper league, I, I'm I'm really unsure of it. I think it's gonna be a fascinating storyline seeing plus they're gonna have a ton of pressure on them. There's gonna be a lot of eyes watching them. It's gonna be really fascinating. All who right. Do you want, who do you, who do you want them to hire for manager? Like Ooh, the Astros? I, I would love to see them hire Dusty or Buck. Well, I, I think they have to. I think it has to be one of those old school baseball guys who's been around forever who there can't be a whisper of, of, you know, any sort of nefarious dealings with. You know what I mean? I think it's someone where people are like, all right, well, Dusty's there. Dusty wouldn't let any shenanigans go on, you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I would love to see one of those guys get a shot with a loaded team and, and see if they can win one. All right. Um, uh, quick answer here at Matt Davis, 2102. Are you guys doing High Hopes Night again this year? Yes. Uh, we don't know what the dates are, though. He asked what the dates are. We're not sure yet, but 100% we're doing High Hopes Night. Maybe nights. We'll see. We're certainly doing at least one High Hopes Night this year, and we will have details and all that as soon as we figure it out ourselves. Jack, uh, mental Yeah, note. I mean, I let's mean, figure you were, it out ourselves. You were saying that you would like to do an early season one and a later season one. That was my hope. Like, I think it would be fun. It was, we had the best time last time. Uh, it was. I mean, it was awesome. I had a great night. So, so, so we do it early in the season. We'll do it early in the season, maybe like May. Yeah. And then, and then maybe we'll do another one in like August for the pennant run, or September for the pennant run. I love it. Mm. I mean, mm. I'm always down. I'm always down for a Phillies game. So. Well, yeah, I know that about you. I do think I do think two high hopes nights because there's so much baseball. Or maybe we could maybe maybe we could swing something up to like. Lehigh Valley too, you know, make a little go see some go see some of the young studs. Maybe see when they send Pavetta down, we could cheer them on. Oh man! All right, we'll talk about. We're definitely gonna be doing stuff, and the stuff will be fun. And then, and and then when I move into this, when I move into the city, then we could have high hopes. You know, happy hours. Yeah. Yeah, there's, if I if I get a rooftop, you know, then we could have rooftop. You can have people out. over to your house. It'll be great. Oh, so much potential for the summer um, of 2020. Pretty excited, Jack. Make it out. No. I it listen. Happen. I've already like it was snowing yesterday, and I was like, man, can't wait for baseball season. This is horrible. <laughs> and I love the snow, but like I just I don't. I, it. I'm ugh. good with it never snowing ever again. I'm 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 straight. I'm good. Oh, Come on, dude. Uh, fun. Brutal. Uh, it's just like dirty. Gets dirty and it's in my way when I have to drive places or walk places. No, out on snow. All right, Jack, let's get back to the, the mailbag, mister. We're not going to get through enough questions and it's all your fault. Um, all right. At Bishop P. Van Buren. No, excuse me. Bishop Van Buren. I added a P. I do have to pee. All right, um, if you could have any one player from the 2008 Phillies roster now on this team, who would it be, Jack? I mean, my answer is always Utley. But if we're talking about, like, 
importance to the team. It's got to be Cole Hamels, right? Like, that's the correct answer. It's Hamels. Or Lidge, I guess, yeah. you could argue. I mean, getting, getting, you know, the save streak would. I know. Like, I know. That's what I'm saying. Or Lidge, maybe. Would, I feel like it's hard not to pick Hamels, though. I feel like it's hard. Like, this team needs a guy like Hamels. Like, just another horse like that so bad. And he was a horse in 08. He was. Um, I mean, Victorino would be very valuable for this team. Playing gold glove center field, but I'm not sure. taking him over Hamels or Lidge. Uh, Worth didn't really start taking off till '09. Yeah, it's it's definitely Hamels. It's Hamels. It's a great question, though. I really enjoyed it, and I did have to think for a second or two about it. All right, uh, our good friend Otter Hooligan. Uh, we got to meet Otter at the game. Uh, she came out. It was very cool to meet her. All right, please great rank names. Jack. Yes, great meet. She's very good. Check it out. Reddit. Uh, Phillies. Okay, please rank. Home pinstripes, away grays, powder blues, Sunday creams, spring training reds, and those throwback maroons that they wore for that one game last year that zip up that McCutcheon looks so damn good in, Jack. Uh, What do you think? Uh, I wish they would get rid of the zip up and just make it a button up. That would probably vault them up to number two on my list. Agree. Uh, It would be number two on my list if it were a button up as well. The zip up's just an atrocious look. It's just, not great. <laughs> it's so I'm not, bad. I'm not a big fan. Uh, so number one for me is powder blues. Uh, it's it's anyone who doesn't put powder blues number one. I don't know what to, we can't be friends. Like I I, right. I feel so strongly about this. Um, and then I'll put I'll go home pinstripes. Then I'll agree go. as well. We are the same so far. I will go maroon throwbacks. Yeah, that was where I had it too. We are we are logged in right now. Sunday creams. Sunday creams, then away grays and spring training red. We say I like the spring I like the spring training red more than most more people. Than away, I hate I hate the away grays. Yeah, I don't like the away grays. It's just more that spring training just automatically goes last for me, but that is fair. Um very good question though. And the powder blues are just Ugh. mag. Magnificent. All right, Jack, I'm actually really interested for your answer on this question because I don't know. I think it's a – I don't know if it's going to play out the way he thinks or she thinks. Uh, Climb to Poland Philly asks, how long, in your opinion, will it take for casual Phillies fans to turn on Didi Gregorius for having a 265 average instead of hitting 300? I've never been so certain of anything in my life that this will happen. Just a matter of when. Jack, what do you think? It's definitely fair. Um, he's not a 300 hitter at all. Um, no. But I think I think what pe- I think what could cause people to not be in love and with DD is that he doesn't take any pitches and kind of just is a hacker and just goes up there and just swings at whatever. Um, and I think I think what we're gonna have to realize in in watching DD next year is and this is from Yankees fans all over is that when he's hot he is unbelievably hot and there's no one better to watch and when he's cold. He is unbelievably cold. So he is, he he seems like he's a huge slumping guy. Goes through slumps, comes out of slumps, then gets super hot, then goes back down a little bit. So it's not. I I just think for Phillies fans, like it's not going to be a consistent two sixty five. It's going to be like it's going to be he's batting two thirty, then he jumps up in a week to like two eighty, and then it, it's just going to be a roller coaster this season for, with Didi. Um, but I I mean, listen, me and James have talked about this a lot, and I uh, it. It's just something I believe that all of our Yankees fans talk about how much the Yankees fans' friends 
uh, talk about how much they love Didi Gregorius. And me and James are not the only baseball people in the entire universe. And Yankees fans, like real Yankees fans, are good baseball fans. And they all just say that Didi's the best. So we won't fully know that until we kind of start watching him. Um, but I can definitely see Phillies fans being frustrated, like, oh, we spent $14 million on a guy that hit 260. I mean, that was the way they were last year with Harper, which it was like, oh, we played $330 million for a guy that, to bet 250. So I'm sure that uh, there's going to be a, a faction of the fan base that is that way. Yeah, I, there will definitely be a faction of the fan base like that, but I honestly think this won't happen for the most part. I think... Like you said, I mean, every single Yankees fan I've talked to says that they absolutely adore Didi and that they miss him already, and they're so sad that he's gone. Um, I, I just – he's a fun player to watch, and he's a good player. He's great defensively. He'll make the sure-handed stuff. He plays with a smile. He's fun. He comes through in the clutch. He gets a lot of big hits. It feels like anecdotally watching him. I just think people will gravitate towards him. I think he's likable enough where I, I get why I get how you could see this happening. And your point about him being streaky could certainly unnerve certain people. But I think on the whole, he's going to win this city over just with his style of play and his attitude towards play in the game that I think ultimately that that will kind of work itself out. But I, I think it'll be interesting to watch. Um, but if he, again, if he's hitting 265, 270, but with 25 home runs or whatever at, at shortstop, I think people will take that. Um, all right. This is a uh, uh, interesting question from C. Keller 29. We kind of talked a little bit about this recently, but with the exit of Donaldson and Rendon and granted still moves potentially to be made, how do you see the NLE shaking out as of today? Well, so the, it's interesting because the Braves just lose their cleanup hitter. And right now their projected cleanup hitter is like Marcakis. <laughs> unless they unless they move Acuna down on the lineup, which they probably should do, you know, they like, don't wait. Well, I guess Acuna in the leadoff spot is not a waste. He was almost a forty forty guy last year. So, um, but they need to move him down the lineup and you know get some protection for Freddie Freeman or you know whatever, vice versa. So, like the Braves, I just think that they are still like regardless of what happens there, the lineup's definitely weakened. But I just think that. Uh, the starting staff should be better. I mean, all their kids are there, and then they have Hamels and whatnot. They'll, they should progress. And then the bullpen, they added so many legit bullpen pieces. Like, they just look like a team that uh, – they look, they look like a team that, you know, fell back last year. They, they got smoked in the playoffs and that they want to go back and prove some people wrong. So, I think the Braves win the division. And then I really – I think two through four is, is a crapshoot. I could see the – I could see the Phillies finishing fourth. I could see the Mets finishing fourth. I could see the Nationals finishing fourth. Like, I just think that there's going to be so much um, fatigue from what they put in to win that World Series last year. It was smart that they kind of uh, invested in their bullpen, given how much stress they put on their starters last year. I think that was smart. But losing Rendon and Harper in back-to-back off-seasons is not the easiest thing to replace. Um, so I think they could take a step back. The Mets are still the Mets, but I like that roster. Now they don't have a manager, so we don't know. And uh, I, I – I like this Phillies team. I know they're not perfect. I know they're going to be flawed. I know there's going to be frustration points, but um, I just think that they were playing pretty good baseball up until about August last year, and then everything hit the fan. This year, with the Girardi in there, Wheeler, um, Didi, McCutcheon coming back, I just think that there's a, there's a, there's a good baseball team in there, and I think that there's a realistic path to them finishing second in the division. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think the Braves win the division. I think the Phillies, Nats, and Mets battle it out. I can make a case for any of them to finish second through fourth. 
I think the the key things I hit on them while I'm optimistic about the Phillies potentially getting the second or third spot and getting a wild card um, is that the Nationals, like you said, really fought hard and deep to win that World Series. That's tough to come back from the next year and bounce back. And, um, you know, a lot of guys, like you said, their pitchers got spent. It's going to be tough. To bounce back, and then and then the Mets obviously going through a lot of turmoil right now, and I do think Girardi makes a big difference. Uh, you know, I think him and the culture he'll instill here. I think that'll make a big difference for this team. So I do like their chances in the division, but it really is a crapshoot. I think the Braves the best team, but after that, um, I do think I could see it going a lot of different ways. All right, Jack, um, I'm starting to get tired, so I have many more in me, but I want to make sure you get a chance to answer this one because, man. You really had a lot of notes on this one. So, uh, <laughs> at, at Cheesesteak Nick asks, can you give a scouting report on all or most of the Phillies' minor league non-roster invitees? Jack, I'm going to sit back and let you guys When they came out, James, I <laughs> was like, <laughs> oh, I was giddy. Like, I said, I just, when I came out, <laughs> I tweeted, awesome. I tweeted, that's where they get me to spring training. Like I just, I need to see these guys in action. I'm, I cannot wait. I can't wait to see what these guys do. So, uh, so I kind of listed here the first one. We're the first ones we're gonna go through are um, the pitchers that were on that list, and the first name that, came, that was on there was Connor Brogdon. So Brogdon was up in AAA last year, put up pretty good stats, easy ninety five to ninety seven, um, which. Uh, is apparently allowed now in the Phillies organization, which is good to see. <laughs> <clears throat> but he couples that he couples that with a really good changeup that I think he can throw um, whenever he wants. Seems like a two pitch guy. Um, doesn't really, you know, the third pitch isn't really there, which obviously lends itself to the bullpen. When I watch him though, he doesn't <clears throat> like he he looks like a starter that's in the bullpen. Like he doesn't look like a typical bullpen guy that can get it up to ninety seven. You know how typical bullpen guys are like it's an effort. Like, you put a lot into the 97 and then work off of that. His is easy. That's why he kind of looks like a starter. But stuff just plays up out of the pen. So I, I think I think Brogdon has a really good chance of, of breaking camp um, with the Phils and, and working out of that bullpen. Kyle Delby, huge huge strikeout potential. Doesn't know where the ball is going. Um, until he figures that out, he probably won't factor into anything. They, they, brought, they put a guy named Tyler Gilbert on there who reminds me of Cole Irvin, which, like, just please, no more. I just don't want any more of that. Um, we know about Spencer Howard. We don't have to get more into that. Damon Jones, we talked about a lot last year, but I did want to point this out. Damon Jones has been working at driveline this offseason. Already had huge strikeout numbers last year, but I mean, if we're if we're putting him at driveline with the raw stuff that he has, um, I think we could see another level of of Damon Jones this year. I mean, last year kind of went to AAA, changed the balls in AAA, and his his numbers just kind of hurt. But down the stretch, he did start to pitch better. So um, if he is not in the rotation, man, would he be nasty out of the bullpen. Like they, they might have three legit good lefty options with him, um, Morgan, and Alvarez. So, you know, when guys go down this year, when guys get hurt in the bullpen, there are the nice part about this team is that there are guys behind them that should be able to come up and at least pitch decently and don't have crap stuff. Like they have some guys that actually have stuff. Um, Ramon Rosso is probably a starter, but some people think he's a bullpen piece, whatever. 
I think he I think he could be good, but again, he's kind of like a 93 mile an hour guy, and I don't get too excited about bullpen pieces unless they're like 95 plus. Um, Addison Russ is a guy who I love, and he's on the he's a non roster invitee. He's a guy who I'm really really intrigued to watch. I think he he just he just looks like a closer. He's got the glasses of a closer. Um, he throws a, he gets up there to 96, and also has a nasty splitter off of that. So um, I think there's a chance he could break camp with the guys, and he struck out like 36 percent of his guys last year, which I mean is nasty. So that is very fun stuff. Yeah, he struck out. They struck out 34% of his batters last year, which is just nasty. So I, 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 I hope he breaks camp with the guys. Um, let's see on here. Zach Warren, huge strikeout potential, but I like watched some video of him today, and he doesn't repeat a delivery to save his life. Like He'll throw one way, one pitch, next pitch. He'll change it all up until he figures it out. He won't... Um, he won't be as good as he could be. Christian Bethencourt could be the Andrew Knapp replacement. He was a former big prospect, but he was pretty bad. So, um, but I don't know. They they the weird part of the Phillies is like they're starting to poach out of the uh, the winter leagues. So like they signed T.J. Rivera out of the winter leagues. They signed Christian Bethencourt out of the winter leagues. So maybe they're kind of seeing something down there. That's just my optimistic view of this. Um, Josh Harrison is a non-roster invitee. Could be this year's Sean Rodriguez. Um, I mean, James, like if he, if he's healthy, he's only what three or four years removed from being an all-star. Like, I don't know. It's true. He could either be cooked or he still has something in the tank and was just hurt last year. And, you know, maybe you're getting a really good player on a discount. So I'm excited to see what Josh Harrison can do. I'm, I'm really just excited for him versus Ronald Torres. I mean, that, that's pretty much what the 26 man's going to come down to. Both guys should be pretty solid pieces off the bench. Um, let's see here. Austin Listy, he rakes, but no one knows where he's going to play. Um, Nick Matten is a guy to look for for the future. I think he could be like a Brock Holt type kind of guy. Um, Moniac, I, I will have more notes on Moniac in my final thought. I am and, sure you will. And Matt Caesar's a, a Nova guy that um, raked in AAA the last couple of years, but uh, didn't translate to the big league field. But obviously you're rooting for a hometown guy but just I'm, I'm just excited for the bullpen pieces because i think there's there's legit legit stuff there from from guys so that's all i gotta say about that jack you know what i'll say to that there better be because they're counting on those bullpen guys it looks like having some legit stuff all right uh did you have any other questions we need to get to or you want to get to your final note bag thought uh, whatever was oh, i thought this was fun from uh at jimmy mock What's your favorite lunch in the ballpark for a day game? Ooh. James? Yeah, I meant to get to that one, and I missed that one. Um, I mean, is it lame to say a hot dog? Like, I love having a hot dog and a beer at the ballpark like that. Just, I don't know. It feels good to me. <laughs> um, uh, get some of those little uh, onions on the dog, some mustard. I put a little ketchup on my hot dog. I know that's controversial, but a little mustard-ketchup combo. Come huh. at me. I don't care. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I would say, Jack. Don't get too controversial over there. Hot dog on a or a ketchup on a hot dog. I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a Tony Luke's guy. I love I love Tony Luke's at the ballpark. Sure. Grab that. Grab a beer. There's just you know there's there's truly nothing better than that. Um, let's see. If there's any any other interesting ones? Um, uh, I thought this one was kind of cool from um, Assassin Panda ninety seven from the Reddit from Philly's Reddit. Um, there are obvious holes in this rotation in the bench. If you were a Clentag, what moves would you make to help address those holes without going over the, the uh, luxury tax threshold or whatever? 
Um, I, I just think that they're going to go after guys that they can sign on like a one or two year deal for like three or four million and, and see if they can kind of piecemeal the back of that thing together. So um, I don't know. There's, there's some interesting names like Taiwan Walker, McHugh, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I just, until they, they move on Chris Bryant, I don't know really what else there is to do, but um, that's pretty much all I got. We can, we can move on. All right. What do you I got? Guess, I guess we can move on. I guess. Um, ah, well, listen. The 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 brand new Nick Pavetta uh, mechanics have just they've just causing a stir in my brain. Oh, and buddy! I have been so excited to talk about this. Like this has been the most excited I've been to talk about anything on this podcast for a while. Well, that's not really true. I like recording every single podcast, but. When we could talk about Nick Pavetta changing his mechanics, there are a few things in the world, James, that bring me more joy. Oh, than we know, buddy. We know. A mechanical change to a guy with insane <laughs> stuff? I mean, talk about exciting. Um, so one of the things that I noticed in his mechanics, there's two things that, that really stuck out to me, was that he looked like he had a little bit of a hip turn rather than being just straight up and down. Um, and I guess one of the, one of the main things in the analytic movement is like, Getting down the mound is no, it's more about uh, it, more about like momentum down the mound rather than getting to a stop at the top of your mechanics and then going from there. So it's more about you know getting momentum down the mound rather than, than having all your momentum stopped. So I think that's what he's trying to do there, and, and hopefully that can um, lend itself to even more velocity and, and whatnot. So that I thought was interesting if he can add that into his arsenal. But the, the real interesting thing that I thought was <coughs> – he really shortened, like, like his arm angle. I guess is ha- is how to say it. Like, he 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 was a little bit long in where he dropped his dropped his arm down. Like, remember what Giolito from a couple of years ago, James? Do you remember what how how long he was? And then last year he kind of changed it all up, and and he was way shorter and way quicker to the plate. So I texted my my college pitching coach and I just asked him like. Why the emphasis on shortening, tightening up mechanics um, on guys in recent years? And he texts me back saying, Biome- biomechanical analysis shows that short arm path is more efficient for transferring energy and safer for your arm. So, if so facto, Pavetta is going to have a healthier arm. Um, and it's, it's just more efficient to, uh, to really being able to repeat your delivery over and over and over again. If you're too long going back, then it kind of throws you all off when your landing foot hit when your landing foot lands. So it's all good. I'm excited. I don't know how to really explain that to people through a <laughs> through a podcast. Oh, I think they but, know. I well, think no, know. Like I'm trying to explain it and trying to explain it in layman's terms, but it's hard to do that when I'm sitting here <laughs> in my apartment um, explaining the mechanics. But basically, like. He's just tightening up uh, where he's bringing the ball back to. And if he brings it back too far, then he kind of is late to the plate. And it causes uh, inaccuracy and, and all that stuff. So by tightening that up, he should theoretically be more accurate within the zone. So that's exciting. He's working out with Flaherty. He's working out with um, Noah Syndergaard, Michael Lorenzen. So pretty loaded group he's been working out with this whole offseason. So I'm excited. I I, I I may be more excited for this version of Nick Pavetta than I was for last year's version oh of Nick Pavetta. Oh, God. Oh, no. Everyone's cringing right now. I know. I know. I'm so uh. sorry. 
and and Brian Price <laughs> and Brian Price came out and said the other day that the only thing we wanted him working on this offseason was a change up, which is like, I mean, thank God. I don't know where this 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 direction was last season, um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. All I'm right. excited. Oh I'm excited. Right. It's, hold this on. is officially time for me to go to bed now, Jack, after this. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Player A or player B? Oh, God. Don't do this. <laughs> no. No. Player player no. A. Six, no. Six, no. Six, six, 613 in the year. No. <laughs> 613 year. Just tell me who months. it is. Just tell me who the other one is. I don't need to hear it. Player B, a oh, 538 God. ERA. Who is it? All right. Well, player A was Lucas Giolito in 2018. <laughs> player B was Nick Pavetta last season. Very creative so. to use the guy you just referenced a few minutes ago. It's okay. So, um, <laughs> Are you done I yet? Am, is this I'm done putting yet? My repu- I'm putting my reputation back on the line, and I'm back oh, in oh, on God. You're like Nick a- Pavetta. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Mickey Moniak. Mickey yeah. Moniak has a new swing as well. And <laughs> I can't wait to see what that looks like in spring training. I'm dead serious. It's it's a new I swing. I'm, 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 excited I'm excited for Mickey. That's our guy. <laughs> that is officially our guy. Uh, um, and, James, I would like to say to you that I think it's official that the Phillies have guys that throw hard. Um, there's a whole profile story on Christopher Sanchez. Yeah, I saw from, that. From Jim Salisbury, he can get it up to 100. You have Robert Stock who can get it up to around 100. Um, they have a bunch of guys down in the bullpen that uh, throw to 95 to 97. So there seems like there's an influx of uh, guys with big arms. But I'm Christopher Sanchez is another guy that I can't wait to see down in, in spring training. So um, he seems like a guy that can be a uh, – I think he's going to be a bullpen guy, but some people think he can be a starter. But – um, yeah, I think I think it's official. The Phillies are starting to get guys that throw hard, and that James is just a great start to the week. Happy, happy Chris Bryant grievance week. Uh, it feels like it's coming. It's all coming to a head this week, and we can finally figure it out. And just be on alert for the Chris Bryant emergency podcast because uh, it could be a fun one. Yeah, well, it could be. Yeah. All right, could rate, be. rate and review the podcast. I'm going to bed. Thank you for contributing to the mailbag episode. We will definitely do this again soon. So uh, more time for questions to be answered for everybody. So uh, until then, he's Fritz. I'm Seltzer. We'll talk to you later.